Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Shepherd Todd Bowden. everybody. What a beautiful morning. Uh, Wasn't it uh, just fabulous to drive with that bright fall sun uh, out this morning? Uh, I'll tell you what, it sure beats 95 degrees for four months, doesn't it? We are beginning the three weeks of our focus every year on missions and particularly on God's mission in the world, on Greenville Oaks participation in God's mission and on our individual role in God's mission. And so for the next uh, today and the next two weeks, we're going to be focusing on that and seeing if God might be calling us into his mission in some way. Uh, And you know, if any one of us is a baptized believer, we are already one of God's missionaries. We've already been assigned something to do in God's mission. And so hopefully you will sense a stirring of God over the next few weeks that maybe he's calling you to step out and do something. Uh, The last couple of songs we just sang, we're focusing around the idea of fear. So let me ask a couple of questions. Um, What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Anybody afraid of spiders? Come on, if if you are, be be loud and proud if you're afraid of spiders. All right, we got at least one, I see. Two, three. All right, how about snakes? Anybody afraid of snakes? All right, we got some more, yeah. Yeah, you know me, I mean, uh, anything over about a foot-long garden snake, and I'm going for the farm implements, you know? All right, um, what about germs? Any germaphobes in the room? No germaphobes? Come on, surely we've got to there. I see a hand. All right, some germaphobes. Anybody afraid of flying? I see a couple, yeah. I fly quite a bit for my job, and all things being equal, I would just rather drive. They say that flying is safe, but one thing I've noticed, you can have a lot of car crashes and walk away, but not too many people walk away from plane crashes. So while the numbers may be on the side of flying, I would just as soon drive. And the thing is, is every time there is a plane crash, the first thing they do, of course, is look for survivors. But the second thing they look for is what? The black box, right? And I keep thinking, you know, if they can build a black box to survive a plane crash, why don't they just build the whole plane out of that stuff? (laughs) Who's afraid of thunder and lightning? Last Sunday, was that terrifying to anybody? Storms, tornadoes, I I finally heard there was a small tornado here in Allen. Yeah, now I'm not not a big fan of storms. My dog is really not a fan of storms. He gets up underneath the bed. 
How about public speaking? Who's afraid of public speaking? The most common fear in North America. I don't see that many hands, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, okay, I got a few more. Yeah, maybe if you're afraid of public speaking, you're also afraid of raising your hand in public. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the first sermon I ever preached, I preached four months after coming to Christ. I was in college, I was 20 years old, and they set me up with some small little country congregation. And this is going to tell you how old I am. Somebody put a tape recorder. Remember those little rectangular tape recorders with the little buttons on the end? And one of them lifted up a flap and you slid the cassette down in it, click, click, and you push two buttons to record. Everybody over 40 remembers. Sure, 45 probably remembers that. So, so the very first sermon I preached, they set that right on the front pew, and I am terrified somebody's going to find that tape. This one's for all the parents in the room. Do you remember the day when you brought your first child home from the hospital and you're down? They've rolled the mom down. She's holding the baby in her arms, and she's getting into the car, and the nurse picks up the baby and does what? Hands it to the dad. And I was terrified. I was like, if you really knew me, you would not be handing me this child. It's terrifying. Truth is, I could invite any one of you up here, and you could kind of narrate through your life based on the things that have caused you to be afraid. Different fears and how they have shaped your life. It is amazing how much fear determines what we do. But before we get into that more deeply, let's go to God and invite him to be at work over the next few minutes in this message. Let's pray. Oh God, we come before you this morning as Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the the God that spoke all things into existence, and you are the God that breathed breath into each of us. Father, this morning, we thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us the blessing of a new day. Oh God, we thank you for the countless ways, seen and unseen, that you bless us every day, every week, every month. Thank you, Father, for gathering us here this morning in the name of Jesus. God, we invite you to to move among us this morning. We invite you to speak to us. Would you stir our souls for your great purposes in this world? Would you make us courageous for your mission and help us find our place in what you're doing in this world? And we pray in the name of Jesus. And the church says, all right, if you've got your Bible and you like to follow along, open it up to Matthew chapter 14. It will, of course, be on the screen. We're going to read this passage and, and uh, poke around it for just a moment. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. 
when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. So since we're speaking of fear this morning, let us recognize that the disciples in this passage are terrified. They don't know what's going on. They left Jesus back on the shore hours and hours and hours ago, and now they're in the midst of this storm, and here comes what appears to be Jesus, but for all they know, it's his ghost. Was he murdered? How is it that he is walking on the water? Let me take a moment, though, and speak to a Hebrew worldview. I mean, these guys are first century Jews living in Palestine. They have a different view of the world. In their world, the sea was this mysterious place and the domain of evil. So frequently throughout the Old Testament, the, the, there's a reference to the deep. That, that means the sea, the bottom of the sea where nobody knows what's going on. They don't have little cool uh, submarines with cameras and lights that they can see what's going on. It is a mysterious place of darkness and they assume a place of evil. And, and so they're on this lake making a storm at night, at sea, at night, supremely terrifying, believing that at any moment they're just going to get sucked down below the water and lose their life. And Matthew's readers who would have been hearing this later would have appreciated the terror that these 12 guys were experiencing, understanding that staying in the boat was their only hope of survival. The second thing I want to address, in this passage, Jesus is demonstrating his divine power over the evil, the darkness, the chaos that the sea represents. He comes walking on the water over the top of it as if he's unaffected by the darkness and the storm and the terror. And it's a little bit reminiscent, just a little bit reminiscent of Genesis chapter one, where the spirit of God is hovering over this, this, the fathoms of dark chaos that are described there in Genesis one. We're getting here in this passage, just a tiny echo of Jesus's divinity. The disciples' fear is like all of us, right? All of us, when we fear the unknown, we identify with these guys because they find themselves just like we find ourselves in places where the circumstances don't make sense and we don't know what to do. And so our natural impulse is to be afraid. Now, uh, the passage that we have up here that I read out of is from the New International Version. And if you've got your New International Version open, you'll notice right at the beginning of this section is a heading that has been inserted. Now, 
In the original texts of the Bible, there are no headings. The people that print these up put those headings in there for our convenience. But I'm going to take issue with the NIV guys uh, that put this heading in here because the heading they put in was Jesus walks on water. And I'm going to suggest that what's really impressive about this section is not that Jesus walked on water, but that Peter walked on water, right? Because it wasn't, I mean, Jesus we take as divinity, but Peter walked on water. So before we start dogging Peter too much because he became afraid and he began to sink in the wind and the waves, let me just make the statement, at least Peter got out of the boat, right? Listen to this. Then Peter, starting in verse 29, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So before we're too hard on old Peter, let's remember that we all have something that we're afraid of. And most of us have a lot of things that we're afraid of. At least Peter stepped out of the boat. The other 11 were still in the boat. And in that moment, when Peter stepped out of the boat, Peter's faith overcame his fear. So here's my question this morning. Here's my question. What would you do if you were not afraid? What would you do? What would you do for the sake of the kingdom of God if you were not afraid? What would you do in God's mission if you were not afraid? What would you do in your neighborhood if you were not afraid? What would you do if you were not afraid of offending someone? What would you do if you were not afraid of disappointing someone? What would you do if you were not afraid of other people thinking you are foolish? What would you do if you were not afraid of people who are different from you, of people that look different from you, people that talk differently from you? What would you do if you were not afraid of people who live very differently than you or have vastly different values than you or have a completely different belief system than you? What would you do if you were not afraid of fill in the blank? You know what you're afraid of? We talked about some of them a moment ago. What would you do if you were not afraid? You know what keeps you from stepping out of the boat. But if you weren't afraid, what would you do for the sake of God's kingdom, for the sake of God's world that he loves so much? Peter stepped out of the boat. Would you step out of yours? God has gifted every single one of us not just to make a living, but to make a difference in this world. 
God has gifted every one of us, not just to make a living, but to make a difference in this world. Whatever your talent is, whatever your skills are, whatever your competencies are, whatever your expertise is, you can use it in some way to advance God's mission in this world. But here's the catch. It's always been this way. You got to get out of the boat. So, of course, that begs the question, what's your boat? Right? What is that place for you that is a place of comfort and ease and security? What is it that tempts you to stay in that place of comfort and security and not step out and not take a risk? There's all kinds of things that tempt us to not step out of the boat. But I'm going to go out on a limb here this morning and suggest that maybe this is one of them. That in some ways, all of this becomes a boat, a place of security, of comfort. We know how to function here. Sometimes the church becomes the boat that we need to figure out how to step out of in order to get beyond these walls into the world that God loves so much. Maybe your boat is your small group and you've become very comfortable and everybody needs to be in a small group. Hear me say that. But it's easy for our small groups to become so comfortable, so such a place of ease and comfort and security that we don't want to step out of our small groups, and we don't want to invite anybody new into our small groups. Maybe that's a boat you need to step out of. Maybe it's your house, your family, your home, your career, your neighborhood. Question is, what is your boat? So I want to tell you about some people, (coughs) excuse me, for whom the call of God was more powerful than their fear. Most of you know all of these people. Some of you, if you're new around here at Greenville Oaks, you may not know these stories very well, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell these stories again because these are 21st century heroes of the kingdom. The first I wanna talk about is Caleb and Jenny Beck and their kids, Aiden and Karis. They live in Rwanda, Central Africa. And for those of you that have forgotten, in 1994, there was a mass genocide. April of 1994, a million people were murdered in Rwanda. What makes that story all the more shocking is at that time, over 90% of the population would have claimed Christianity. How is it that their Christianity could be so thin that they could murder a million of their countrymen? And over a decade ago, the Becks left the comfort and ease of North America and moved to Rwanda, Central Africa, to begin a completely different kind of ministry to try and penetrate Christianity more deeply in the hearts and the lives of the people of Rwanda by discipling them in smaller groups, a little more subversively than in big churches with cathedrals and steeples and whatnot. Caleb and Jenny and their kids stepped way out of the boat 
when they heard the call of Jesus. And speaking on behalf of the missions ministry here at Greenville Oaks, we could not possibly be more proud of any missionary than we are of the Becks who go into such a devastated place and stand up and speak for the Prince of Peace and teach people how to live according to the Prince of Peace. We are so proud to be involved with their work. The other, another couple I want to talk about is Kevin and Lisa Vance. Kevin and Lisa are up in Regina, Saskatchewan. And in 2011, Kevin resigned the presidency of a small Christian college. He had a career as a, as a Christian college professor and administrator and eventually president. And yet, a couple years earlier, his country's worst neighborhood was identified right across the street from the college. And he realized that the, on, that the only responsible Christian thing to do was to resign the presidency, sell his house in the suburbs, and move into that neighborhood, renovate a house, taking his three children, Kelly, Caleb, and Carissa with him. And he and Lisa and their kids began loving and ministering in Canada's worst neighborhood. That's what it looks like when you step out of the boat, when the call of God is more powerful than your fear. Now I want to tell of a third couple, a third family, and they've actually been on this stage here in the last few months. David and JoLynn Clevenger, Audrey and Caleb, their kids, and we've told you their story. Last year, during mission emphasis time, God stirred in them. Effectively, God said, come. And Dave and JoLynn heard it, and they thought, you know, there's something we can do here. Maybe we need, instead of going on a family vacation, we need to take a family mission trip. And so they began exploring options and they identified going to Kiev, Ukraine to read the Bible with people that wanted to learn English. So they posed it to their kids. They sat down with Audrey and Caleb and they said, all right, here's the deal. We can either go to Disney World for a week or we can go spend 12 days in Ukraine reading the Gospel of Luke to people that want to learn English and read the Bible. That fast, the kid said, Ukraine it is. You got to be really careful offering those options to your kids. Truth is, sometimes our kids put us to shame when it comes to taking on the call of Jesus. So I ask you again, what would you do if you weren't afraid? We need some Peters who are willing to step out of the boat when they hear the call of Jesus. I don't know what stepping out of the boat means for you. Maybe it means spending part of your upcoming Thanksgiving break serving a Thanksgiving meal to people who might not get it otherwise. Maybe that's what stepping out of the boat means for you. Maybe it means adopting some of your neighbors in need and helping them and their kids have a Christmas that's just a fraction of the Christmas that you and your kids will have. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe it means helping with a Habitat for Humanity house. We've done that here at Greenville Oaks, but any one of us can sign up to do it on our own. We don't need the church to do it. And let me tell you, Habitat is a fantastic ministry 
Because studies have shown over the last 30, 40 years that home ownership is the surest way to ensure that people will not go back into generational poverty. So go help build a habitat house somewhere. Maybe stepping out of the boat for you is fostering some kids whose lives are a disaster through no fault of their own. Maybe stepping out of the boat is volunteering with a suicide or addiction hotline or exchanging Disney World for Ukraine or wherever your family goes for some other place in the world where some person of faith is needed to hear just a little bit. They need to be heard from just a little bit about Jesus. Maybe stepping out of the boat for you is joining one of the Greenville Oaks mission trips this coming year or better yet, starting one, creating a mission trip. This is our invitation to you. If God is stirring in you and you have a vision to take a mission trip somewhere, we want to help. Take some people with you. If we can help you do that, please let us know. The Greenville Oaks Missions, Missions Ministry is so committed to helping you step out of your boat that we have increased the percentage of the budget for 2020 dedicated to helping this congregation do God's mission somewhere in the world. So here's the breakdown. Here's the pie chart. $234,000, 58,000 of that is to help us get out of our boats. Now that total budget of 234,000 is $17,000 above 2019. A small cost of living increase for the Beck's advances is included in that 17000 but the remainder of it is to help us here at Greenville Oaks go do something for the sake of the kingdom of God. So the missions ministry is trying to help you step out of your boat. We will have mission trips in 2020 to Belize like we have for the last several years, led by the Vosses over here. We'll have a mission trip to... Panama, like we have for the last several years, we're going to revive a mission trip to Regina, Saskatchewan to work with the Vances. This is going to be a fantastic mission trip to take kids on. First off, it's relatively safe. It's, you can drive to it if you want to drive to it. You can do a little family vacation on the front or back end of it if you want to. Plus, it's going to be mostly VBS kind of work. Great opportunity for a family to go. We're going to be taking a small mission trip to El Salvador for those of you that speak Spanish. And the Clevengers are going to go back to Ukraine. And any of you that feel God stirring in your heart can go with them and help them lead a kid's camp for Christians all over Ukraine. Some of these trips may have 25 people. Some may only have three or four. There will undoubtedly, this is our prayer, undoubtedly there will be groups of you who will organize yourselves to do something that advances God's mission in the world. So if there's a way that the missions ministry can help you with that, please let us know. Two weeks from today, we will be taking up a special collection to fund this budget. And so I'm going to stand before you this morning with absolutely no shame and ask you to dig deep, give generously. And frankly, I want to ask you to blow this budget away. I want you to challenge us to think more, think bigger, to believe bigger for God's mission in the world. If you blow this budget away, I promise you every last penny will go 
to advancing God's mission through Greenville Oaks somehow, some way. You can give by check, cash, uh, text, online. You can make a pledge and pay it off throughout the year. The missions ministry is committed to helping you go on mission, get out of your boat, and do what God is stirring in your hearts to do. So let me ask one last time. What would you do if you weren't afraid? 2020, it's right around the corner. We say we get out of our boats. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.